W233AH Monticello. Hello, 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 and welcome to The Local Edition, news and information to keep you connected in the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm your host for this Tuesday evening, Patricio Robayo. We have a special Local Edition for you tonight. This month is National Hispanic Heritage Month, and tonight I get to speak to two individuals who are making a difference right here in Sullivan County. In the second half of the show, we'll meet Enrique Velasquez, a recent SUNY Sullivan graduate who is now a mentor and tutor for the LPP program. But first, let's meet Veronica Serrano. She is the newest principal for the elementary school in the Monticello Central School District. Welcome to Radio Catskill's celebration of Hispanic Heritage Month where we honor the rich and diverse cultures, traditions, and contributions of Hispanic and Latino communities in Sullivan County. Veronica Serrano's journey to becoming the Kenneth L. Rutherford Elementary School principal was anything but typical. Veronica, welcome to the program. Can you tell us how you ended up in Sullivan County, been born in Brooklyn to parents of Ecuadorian and Puerto Rican descent? I actually ended up in Sullivan County when we're looking to relocate. We're looking to purchase a home. We're a young family at the time. And trying to find something in New York City was out of our economic wheelhouse. We were unable to afford anything. So we decided to come out and look a little further out. And my sister actually found, it was called at the time, Ashley Estates. And we just took a leap of faith and said, you know what, this is where we want to raise our family. So that brought us into Orange County. Being in Orange County at the time, I decided at that time I needed to be a stay-at-home mom. Commuting to New York City was just, it wasn't an option. It was just something that was not going to work. So I was a stay-at-home mom for a bit. And then I decided to get into working as a substitute teacher as I was pursuing my degree in accounting because I thought accounting, I could work from home, still raise the kids. Perfect plan. There was something else in store for me when I started working as a substitute teacher. My second day was a an assignment with a bilingual classroom. And that moment, that interaction with those students, I don't know. It was like a light bulb. And I knew at that very moment, this was what I was created to do. This was it. And it was like such a powerful moment because I think a lot of us go through life wondering, what is my purpose? What is my purpose on this earth, right? And that moment, it was just so impactful. So I completed my degree, uh, my accounting degree and went right into education at that time. My education, it took a while. As you can imagine, I was raising four young children, working part time, going to school full time. It was a lot to juggle. And I look back now and I say, wow, it must have been something that I really wanted because here I am now, right? After so much hard work, once I completed my degree, I ended up working in Fallsburg, um, and Fallsburg, I don't know if you're familiar, but they have a very large, um, Latinx population. 
And that was what brought me to that location. I wanted to make sure that I was going to be surrounded by Latin families that I can support that sound and look like me. That was the goal. And I was there for about seven years. And while I was working there, I pursued my bilingual education. And then I went into administration. Um, looking for an admin job brought me into Monticello. Um, Dr. Um, Evans gave me the opportunity to be the AP here. So I was working as an AP for two years. And then last year, um, it wasn't anything that I would have ever imagined. I was encouraged to apply for the position. Um, by the MTA here, and I applied for the principal position, and here I am now. And I still, I wake up every morning, I love what I do. I love just the fact that this little girl from Brooklyn who never thought she would be in education, like that was the furthest thing from my mind. Growing up in the public system in New York City at the back in the 80s, all of my teachers were male Caucasians. I was like, I would never, like, I, I don't even think I didn't have the confidence, the self-esteem, the belief in myself to think that something like that would ever come to pass. But I also do believe that I'm a very faithful woman. And I believe that what is meant for you will come to pass at one. It's not when you think here I am. Um, and I still can't believe it. Some days when I come into the building, I'm like, oh, I'm the principal. Yes, I am. <laughs> it's, it's a very gratifying feeling to know that that is something that I was able to accomplish. I think my biggest regret is my dad not being here to see it. He passed away a few years ago, but he was such a proponent of education. He himself never went to college, but he believed um, so much in education. He he would always say, Mijita, you could do anything that you believe in. And I always carry that with me because it, I think um, seeing my story, it, it's true. I think it's if you want it bad enough, you're going to work and make the sacrifice to make it come to pass. And that's what's brought me here. Sorry to hear the passing of your father. You know, it's amazing to hear that moment that you discovered what was your passion, being bilingual and all the stereotypes that come out there. So I congratulate you for pursuing and not letting the, the judgment of the world bog you down and not let you pursue your dreams. Being afraid of what others thought. And when they see me and they see my skin and they hear the accent and my voice, what are they going to say? How am I going to be perceived? And I think for many years, what I gauged as I was going through my college career was if I passed that exam and I get an A on that paper, then it's meant to be. So I put these goals in place. And I was like, if I do that and do that, then I'm heading in the right direction. And I was like, every step I took, those so people that were placed in my path, I would say by God, that would just speak life into my situation and say, you're going to be amazing. When you start interviewing, like the school district is just going to nab you up. I'm thankful to those that took the time to invest in me. And I think that's where I feel I have to pay it forward. And being in this position, I'm given the opportunity to give hope to our parents, to our students, to so many that I come across that I almost feel like it's my mission in life now to be able to elevate others. And being in this position affords me that opportunity, especially with the Latin community, because when they come in, I'm the first one to greet them, right? I'm where I'm meant to be right now. I don't know what the next five years look like. I never in a million years thought I would be in this position. So I'm just, I'm like, wow, what's the next journey? Like, what's the next step here? So it's, it's exciting to be able to be in this position of authority and power to some extreme because you get to make some of those decisions. 
So inviting those agencies and and inviting our families in and letting them know that there is support here for them and letting them know, I understand you, I see you, I validate you, you're important. All of those things matter because when I was in school, I didn't feel that way. I felt the opposite. I didn't feel seen. I didn't feel validated. I felt like my language was more of a hindrance than a strength. And now I see it as, wow, all along, that was my superpower and I didn't even know it. So I get excited when I get to communicate and connect to families in the community. I think sometimes we feel so hopeless in our own situation because we don't feel like we're seen. And I want our students to know that they're seen, that they're validated, they're cared for, and that anything that they can conjure up in their mind that they want to be will come to pass. But it takes hard work. I was blessed that I had the support of my family, which made a difference, the support of my professors and people that actually believed in me, even when I didn't believe in myself. And that's the key for our students is that they need to know that even when they don't believe in themselves, that we believe in them, that we see something in them that they maybe don't see in themselves yet, but we know it's in there. Sometimes it's not even so much what we say, but even just that glance, that hug, that smile, that letting them know, I see you. Just something as simple as knowing their name. My name, of course I know your name. It's just those, it's in the little things. When I first met you, it was in the hallways of the Maslow Central School District elementary school. And you walked in and automatically you were helping bilingual family. And that's something the Maslow has made efforts in helping the bilingual population. So I don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit more. I don't know if you're familiar with migrant education. They're a program based out of um, SUNY New Paltz. And what they do is they provide tutoring for our migrant families. So there's a criteria that you need to fall into. But our families that are willing to complete the paperwork and apply for the services get home tutoring. The tutors also come to the school and pull the students in small group. And they give them other supports if they need, for example, to go see a lawyer, they need legal support, things like that. Migrant Ed is also an amazing resource for them if they need help navigating social services, anything related to that, they help the families. So it's not only helping educate the students, but it's also educating the family and helping the family get the services that, that they need. So Migrant is very near and dear to my heart. It's I started working with them when I was in Fallsburg, and then I was I worked through the summer with them, and now I reconnected with them to try to get them here into the Monticello Central School District. We do have a growing Latin population. Getting them here to partner with us would be an amazing scene. They are um, amazing at gathering the families. They're approachable, um, very caring and humble women that work for that program. So I'm excited to be able to team up with them. We're trying to get them here. So that's one of the initiatives that we're taking. Um, as you said, we do have a district um, translator, but now with our population increasing, we might have to look into extending that. As our numbers increase, it looks like we might have to move into a bilingual program. We would have to bring that to the community and the community has to vote. But I'm very excited. I am like beside myself if that happens. I would love to be involved in any way possible leading that charge. I was involved when that was rolled out in Waldsburg. And it's it's just exciting to be able to provide students with that, with the opportunity to learn both languages simultaneously and not feel like one is lesser than the other, because it's not. I think um, 
our native language is rich and beautiful and full of culture and that needs to be validated through the dual language program. They're learning both languages. So it's not like they're losing part of their identity. On the very opposite, they're using that to build on their language skills. So it's something that I'm hoping that we will, in the near future, be able to bring to Monticello. So I applaud you for, you know, bringing that program to Monticello and being part of the change and helping those people, making it less tough for them down the road. I appreciate that. It, it is um, something that I always kept in the back of my mind, right? Being a minority woman and owning my space, I think I had a difficult time initially when I was looking for an admin degree to how do I own my space and how do I sell myself? And it's something that I've always found to be very challenging for me to speak about my story and to really own the space. But I think that the more I speak about it and the more I see that it has an impact on others, the more comfortable I feel with it. I think we go through things in life to share with others and to help others and build others up. So that I hope that's what others get when they hear my story, that it's not impossible. It is possible. It just takes takes a lot of hard work and commitment. Yeah, absolutely. Are you the first Latina principal for the Monticello? I think I am. And I think I'm the only, right now, the only minority on the team, if I'm not mistaken. I'm glad that you are there, that you are there to be representative to the community. Important that you are there representing the community and being that bridge. That's what we want. We want to be able to, not just me and my own, but how can I bring others with me? So that's my hope. Absolutely. Veronica, before we go, is there anything else we have that touched on you want folks to know about, about your thoughts or about Hispanic Heritage Month? I think what I would leave others with is that when we think about poverty and I growing up, I didn't even know I was poor. I look back now and I was like, oh, that's what that was. But being able to tell others that education is really the one way out. Our children need to understand the impact that education can have on our lives. So I hope that our students will will take that to heart and know that this is the one way that can lead them into greater things and break that chain of poverty. That's my hope for my community, that they really lean on education and not, quote unquote, call it like it's a white thing, right? Because growing up, um, I would hear that a lot, like, oh, you're trying to be white, no, education doesn't have a color. We're all entitled to it. Um, it's available for all of us who are willing to make the sacrifice and the commitment. So I hope that for my Latinos out there, that they really take the challenge and know that that is feasible, not easy. Because sometimes we think, oh, it's able, it's, um, po- it's possible to happen, but it's not easy. You have to be well, willing to take the sacrifice. So I have no regrets with them sticking with education and taking the path that I did. It wasn't a straight on. I took a curvy, long way to get here, but I got here. I think that's the most important part, that no matter how many times I fell, that I was able to get back on and say, no, this is the direction I need to get on. And thank you for the opportunity to share my story. Thank you so much for telling your story and thank you so much for being part of this program, Veronica. We'll talk to Veronica Serrano, the elementary school principal for the Monticello Central School District. Thank you so much for joining me on Hispanic Heritage Month. You're listening to The Local Edition. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Local Edition, winner of Excellence in Broadcasting Awards from the New York State Broadcasters Association. Radio Catskill, listen local. 
Tune in to Radio Catskill this Saturday at 10 a.m. for a special edition of Farm and Country. We'll hear sentiments and audio segments as we honor the late WJFF volunteer, John Nordstrom, Farm and Country's first producer. I didn't know anything about it when I started, and if I can learn it, I guarantee you anyone can learn this craft of radio. That's Saturday at 10 a.m. on Radio Catskill. Welcome to Radio Catskill Celebration of Hispanic Heritage Month, where we honor the rich and diverse cultures and contributions of Hispanic and Latino communities in Sullivan County. Today I'm speaking with Enrique Velasquez. Enrique, welcome to the program. You were one of the first students of the Liberty Partnership Program, the LPP, in 2017. And now you're serving as a mentor to the students in the Liberty LPP program and recently graduated from SUNY Sullivan. Can you share with us your journey of being born in New Jersey, growing up in Honduras, and ultimately arriving in Sullivan County? Thank you for having me. My name is Enrique Velasquez. And one of the reasons, I would say the main reason why I went to Honduras is was because my mom wanted me to meet my grandmother. She was sick at a time. And I was four years old. I don't remember much. I do remember some things like the apartment that I used to live. I think I used to play with um, my neighbors. I don't remember myself speaking English or Spanish, but my mom took me to Honduras when I was four years old. And I had to spend with my grandma like three years until she passed away. And that that's the reason why I, I think that's the main reason why I went to Honduras right. because my mom, like I said, wanted me to spend time with my grandma because she, she knew that she was sick. I had to spend, I would say, until I was 15 years old. I spent my time in Honduras. I went to school in Honduras. Like I said, I think my mother language, that's why it's Spanish. I think I feel like more my, myself in Spanish than in English. Like I said, all my education from pre-K to, I would say, to 10th grade, it was pretty much in Spanish. Because there isn't anybody, there is nobody over there that I remember that spoke English to me. And then I had to reply back. And then... Once thing, once I hit my ninth grade and I was pretty much done and my mom spoke to me when I was done, like ninth grade. And I, she was like, you definitely need to learn English because, you know, English is a tool that you can go everywhere and worldwide. And if you speak English, English is a, it's a thing. It's a, like I will say like a, a universal language itself. And then. Like I said, my mom wanted me to learn English because English is English. You can communicate with mostly everybody. Like every time I get to meet someone from outside India, China, I don't speak Chinese. I don't speak Hindi or any other language. I get to speak to them because of English. Not only that, you're going to another country. (laughs) You're not familiar. You know, you don't have much memory of America when you were born. And then at that age, what was the age you came here to America? I was 15 years old. Wow. 15. So 15 years old, you come here, you're traveling. Probably, I don't know, was that the first time you've been on a plane? Yeah, it was my first time. First time, time being on a plane <laughs> yeah. and going to a whole new country. And you, what was the first city you visited? You went straight to Fassal Fallsburg or? I went to New Jersey on Lindewood. I think it's in, in Camden County because my, most of my family uncles, cousins live there. So 
I spent there three days, I believe, and then I moved to South Fosbury because my brother was living in South Fosbury a lot of times. I didn't know anything. Like when I went to South Fosbury, my, my, I remember my uncle said, Oh, you're going to New York. And this is the kind of like idea that I had the, for movies like Spider-Man. If you're going to New York City, you're going to Brooklyn, the Bronx. You're going to see like tall buildings. When I got to South Osborne, I was like, this is not New York, <laughs> honestly. You, you expect to see all that and you know, it's trees and, and, yeah, and, tree. and things like, yeah, it's amazing that like we have an, a huge influx of Latinos coming here to America in, into, to Sullivan County, South Fallsburg for various reasons. And what I come to find out, cause I interviewed some people from, from the Fallsburg Central School District is that they really take into that and really embrace that and knowing that their population has changed. Yeah. And now they have teachers and translators to help out students like you. And that's what you experienced, right? Mm. How did you learn English? Was this a mixture of school, watching TV or? I will say that it was a mix, like you said, a mix of school, watching TV, listening to music. But I think one of the reasons why, because when, like I said, when I got to Fallsburg High School, I didn't speak any English besides what I learned from Dora the Explorer, right. <laughs> which didn't help much at a time. Honestly, I will say that the one of the main reasons why I got to learn English or why I learned English at a time, it was because I got to spend a lot of my time, most of my time during the high school, in my high school years with my email professors, which is Jesus Galvan, I believe, and uh, Ronald Neptune. Both of them really had a great impact. Uh, I think all my Fosper professor, all the Fosper staff, then I when, when I went to high school, because every one of them made an impact in my life, even doesn't matter how small, how great it is. And I thank them, especially my ENL professors, because I, I remember spending a lot of time with them going over some vocabulary, talking, uh, listening. I think I really bothered them a lot, asking a lot of questions, because there's a lot of things in Spanish. We tend to say car, red, not red car in, in English. And I had a lot of questions for them, like, why do we say this in English? Why do we pronounce this in English? Why don't we pronounce this in English? And I think that's one. They really play a huge role in me learning English, get, getting into that tra transition of knowing English and speaking English. And now I get to speak nowadays. And like I said, I watched a lot of TV back in those days. I put the subtitles in and try to pronounce it. I would write it down and then look it up and then, then try to put it in my daily life and my, my and I think this the, my formula of learning right. English. You did a great job because you, you speak the English well. I understand everything. And to me, I always call it, if you know another language and you're able to speak and communicate, you have a superpower. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> because you, not only that, you learned you made your way through Fallsburg High School. You graduated, and now you went to SUNY Sullivan. Yeah. And what did you study in SUNY Sullivan? My degree was on liberal arts and science. Because at the moment, I was not thinking my well, my ultimate goal is become like a professor, like math professor, like a science professor. It, one of the things that I love doing math and science. There, I went for liberal arts and science and Sunny Sullivan. There, and, and you got you were part of the LP program. First, describe what yeah. the LP is. It's the Liberty Partnership Program, and it's a tutor program yeah. for students. You became part of the program while in SUNY Sullivan. I became part of LPP. I was an LPP student when I went to Fosburg because I remember they used to run this after school program when I, after I would tend to go for five or seven and they used to run this program and then I remember spending that with time with Valerie she was the only one who spoke Spanish out of the whole LPP program and like I said they're tutoring they they did help me with tutoring like math science and I remember when my first day going to Sonny Sullivan 
I saw this in this warp board and like a page that said, oh, we're looking for bilingual tutors, uh, LPP, and please contact Valerie. And I remember I went to one stop on Sonny Sullivan and I said, is this part of like Sonny Sullivan? Yeah. And then someone told me it, it is downstairs because they got their office downstairs. And that's how I actually, I ran into Valerie and I, she, she remembered me. And she hired me for having a bilingual tutor, tutoring math and science for bilingual, like Spanish and English. And that's really how I got to LPP and to, to some oh. <laughs> Yeah. To, to me, when I'm, he- I'm hearing that, I, I just automatically think when people talk about during meetings and budget times and you talk about services they allow for the community and this is one of the services that we allow in 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 Sullivan County and then you know people think like why do we have that why do we have to do this for those people or that people or even you know have tutors like that and then you automatically you see the impact uh, there you she made an impact in your life helped you get to a difficult time being 15 years old going to this country not knowing any English going to a whole new environment and then she made an impact and then Years later, you connect with her again. It just shows that programs like this do make an impact on people's lives. And uh, if that program wasn't available, where would your life be now? But so she gave you a job. She gave me a job. Yeah. And just like you said, I'm not expecting students to thank me like later on. And but I believe this having being having that chance, having the opportunity, be being in a classroom with students who don't speak that language, who who were just like me, who didn't speak, who doesn't speak any English at all and only speak Spanish. And I get to translate to them and work with them and then some, some vocabulary. We say things this way. We don't say this way. While I'm working at Livery High School, I w- yesterday I went to this open house. And the thing is, like you said, the students, they know English because they were born here. They're right. Americans. But the parents don't, doesn't speak much English. And I, so I they miss a lot of the information if, they, yeah. if I wasn't like there isn't anybody who's translate for them. Like the student might know. And then when the student when their son tends to like translate for them, sometimes they miss that communication. You get frustrated not knowing the language, not knowing what's happening in school. And then you have someone there who looks like you, who speaks your language, who understands what's going on and is able to translate and put you at ease and you're doing that now for you're paying it back almost say someone <laughs> did it for you and now yeah, you're paying I'm, it back I'm paying it back i think i tend to think of that way i'm paying back what i was once given because at some point in my life i couldn't understand it just like you mentioned going to one country to another doesn't matter how close those countries are it's always like a culture culture background there's always like different way of thinking being like being living in honduras is totally different than living in america and just like you said there's a lot of parents that i get to meet they speak spanish but when it comes to reading it it's they don't they can't read it or they can't write it and it's it might sound like out of this world like not something common you don't tend to see this in america it's something i wasn't aware of until i started reporting on school stuff mm-hmm. and find that out that yeah and it don't yeah not everyone knows how to read yeah. Now you work for the Liberty Central School District and for the LPP, LPP program. And for the LPP program, I do work for the Liberty for the LPP program, and they have an arrangement. I will say with L- Liberty High School, and then I go to the classroom. I do push-ins, like translate whatever the teacher is saying. I do one-on-one tutoring. If these services weren't here, weren't available to you, uh, you may have fallen through the cracks or something and not able to. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, if those services weren't offered to me back in those yeah. days, I think my transition of not knowing English to speaking English now, I think it will be a lot harder because the fact that you had someone who speaks Spanish to you, they know your culture. Like you said, they look like you. It makes you feel comfortable. Because you have so many uh, of 
people come from, coming from different uh, Latin countries. Even though we have the common language of Spanish, how different we each country approaches in and different dialects and different yeah. words. All the Spanish-speaking countries share the Spanish, but there's a lot of words that may mean something to, to Central America, and it means a totally something totally different than another country, say, let's say South America. You're in LPP program. You graduated last June, right, in yeah. Fasuni Sullivan? Yeah, last May. Last I, May. Mm-hmm. Congratulations on that. So what's in store for Enrique now? Where do you go from here? At the moment, I think I'm going to work with LPP. I'm going to... Well, do this. I like doing tutoring. I'd like to get to see students who need help and who ask questions. This is the thing. It's not the students themselves don't know what is going on in the classroom. If I, when I get to explain to them, they're like, oh, this makes sense for them. It's not like they're lazy or they don't, it's just the fact that they don't speak English. No, it makes it difficult right. for them. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, I'm always interested in history, how people come to America and the reasons why they come to America. I just think that about how many students were looked over or put in some kind of remedial class for some reason or whatever, just because they didn't know the language, but they actually knew and were bright kids and knew the, knew what was going on in class and understood what's going on in math. Kids can fall to the cracks because of that barrier. And you're talking about the future geniuses here. <laughs> Definitely. And I think like learning a second language or a third language, if, if you're bilingual already, it's just, like you said, it's just like a superpower because makes us more human understanding more like the fact that you speak another language you get to see you get to meet so many people like share these ideas each language that i learn it makes me more like human i get to understand i get to resonate with these people i get to think the way they they think i get to understand their feelings or their point of view in life absolutely said so we were talking to enrique velasquez graduate from sui sullivan who's now working for the lpp program liberty partnership program and helping people like who who you were when you came to this country. Like I said, but you were born here and went back to Honduras and came back here. And I'm really glad that you did come back and you were able to help folks who are might be in the same situation that you were. Really appreciate you uh, coming into the program. So No, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs>